Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis and this Abe Books podcast is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today we're talking about bookselling in the Balkans. I'm joined by Ian Dodds, who is an Abe Books bookseller based in Bulgaria. His account is called Darkwood Online TA Books in Bulgaria. Ian and his wife left the UK to live and work in Bulgaria and we are going to hear a little about their adventures in life and books. Welcome Ian. Postravi od Bulgaria Sitchki. Greetings to everyone from Bulgaria. Uh, it's lovely to have you here. Um, all right, my first question Ian is a simple yep. one. How did you end up as a bookseller in Bulgaria? Well, I'll go back slightly and say how we started as a bookseller. Um, we started selling books, my wife and myself, as a partnership in the year 2000 after our previous business venture um, came to a precipitous end when two large planes flew into the World Trade Center. Um, we were doing a business, I won't go into the details, but we were looking for money to roll that business out across the UK. And as soon as that happened, we knew it wasn't going to happen. And we had to find on the spur of the moment, something else to do. And a few months prior to that happening, we'd had to raise some money for a, a, a personal matter. And we'd sold some books on eBay and we got the money we required within 10 days. We thought, well, that was quite something. So when our other business venture wasn't going to happen, we thought, okay, what we're going to do. And the following day we went out and we bought a carload of books from some charity shops. And we started selling on, I think it was eBay to start off with, as we had done previously. And then that developed and eventually we went onto Amazon, onto A Books and numerous other venues. And after we'd been doing that for a while, um, the penny suddenly dropped. We'd always intended to retire outside of the UK because a state pension in the UK doesn't really get you very far. And we suddenly realized that selling books over the internet, anywhere in the world where there's a postal service and an internet connection, we could be. So then it was a matter of thinking, okay, where do we go? And our interests are primarily European. So we thought, okay, we will stay in Europe. So then you start looking at the map. Too far north, too cold. Too far south, too hot. So you need somewhere in the middle, start looking at France, too expensive. And we gradually moved our way eastwards. And Bulgaria, this was in 2005, and we knew that Bulgaria was going to join the European Union in 2007. So we came in 2005, we looked at places, we found somewhere we loved, and then we went back, eventually we sold our house, and in May 2007, we set off from the UK in an ex-African safari jeep, pulling a caravan with three dogs and two cats, and we were chasing our container full of 50,000 English language books, which was making its way from Hull on the eastern coast of the United Kingdom, through the Bay of Biscay, through the Mediterranean, up into the Black Sea, and then it was going to dock at the port of Burgas, 
and then shipped on a lorry overland to where our new home was going to be. And that's how we ended up here. Could you speak Bulgarian at that time? We could start. We had a few Bulgarian lessons uh, in the UK before coming, but our language skills for Bulgarian was limited. And the other thing which we hadn't sort of thought of until we got here was that when we were learning writing and obviously it's a different Cyrillic alphabet, what we'd learnt in the UK was primarily block capitals, like English language. Now, a capital letter looks different from a small written letter, and we didn't know any of the little ones. So when we arrived, there was all these Bulgarian signs, and we thought, we know Bulgarian, we know the alphabet, why can't we? And it was because it was small letters. So yes, that was a bit, that was a bit crazy. Soon after arriving, we found a very good teacher and uh, she helped us immensely. And after about 18 months, two years of lessons, we can, we can get by on a day-to-day -day basis. So you, your first name, Ian, when, when I uh, started the call, I was introduced to you as, um, you were introduced to yeah. me as Jan. So you have yeah. two names now. That, yes, uh, Ian in the UK, but my wife has always called me Jan as a pet name for, ooh, 20, 30 years. And Jan, Yannick, Yane is a very, very good uh, Bulgarian name. Yane Sandansky is one of the heroes of the Bulgarian revolution. So Yane, Jan is a perfectly acceptable good Bulgarian name. So I am now Jan, my wife, Lee. Uh, Lee was a problem because Lee is the equivalent of a question mark in the Bulgarian language. So Ishkash <laughs> Do you want? Imashli, do you have? So Lee didn't work. So uh, Ishkashli Lee. So Lily, Lily became Lee became Lily, and she is now Lily. And that again is a, a perfectly good uh, Bulgarian name, Liliana, a flower name. So Lee is now Lily, and Ian is now Jan. Right. So that big, huge container of 50,000 English language books, uh, are you still working your way through them or have you yeah. had to source more books? Um, a bit of both. Um, we're still working through some of those 50,000. I would imagine there's probably about 10,000 possibly that are still in boxes that haven't really been sorted since since we arrived. But we have sourced other books since being here. Um, one principal source a while ago was uh, um, a Dutch guy who had been the Dutch distributor for penguin books. And um, he had come to Bulgaria. He had loved Bulgaria, but unfortunately, his wife wanted to be back in the Netherlands close to the grandchildren. And we know what the hassle it is shipping 50,000 books. He didn't have 50,000 books, but he had a lot. And he was not prepared to try and ship them all the way back to the Netherlands. So so we bought, uh, we bought them off him. It was somewhere in the region of, I think, 30 or 40 banana boxes full of um, almost pristine first printing penguin and Viking. Uh, books that he had as he had been the 
Penguin distributor, plus a number of Dutch language books, which again, we slowly have been putting onto our system. So in addition, most of, I would say probably 95 to 96% of what we have is in English language, but we do have quite a lot now in Dutch, French, German, um, some Norwegian, uh, a little bit of Bulgarian, but virtually everything we sell is primarily English language. So perhaps you can describe where you are in Bulgaria and what's it like? It is very interesting. Um, we are right down on the border with Greece and we live in a little tiny mountain village uh, of about 300 350 people and they are Bulgarian Muslim um, people uh, incredibly friendly and we are literally I can see the nearest border post at night from our veranda so we're in within about 20 kilometers of the border with Greece and where we live used to be in the restricted zone during the Cold War uh, I never thought I was going to live behind the Iron Curtain when I was a kid, but here we are. And back in the days of communism, as I said, three times a week, I, I said to this to you earlier, three times a week, I go down the mountain, we go across the valley floor to the local town of Gotsidelchev. And back in the communist period, if any of the villagers here had wanted to go to Gotsidelchev, they would have had to get written permission from the village mayor. They would have had to had an incredibly good reason for wanting to go because they were coming out of the restricted border zone where all the Cold War defences were. So they knew where the minefields were. They knew where the gun emplacements were. Um, just behind our village, there is an old Bulgarian army observation post. And when we first arrived in the village, just behind that concrete bunker, which is all camouflaged and you wouldn't be able to see it very clearly from the air. Uh, there were four revetments cut back into the hillside where a self-propelled artillery piece or communist era tank could have reversed in, been covered with camouflage letting. And if NATO had decided to invade Bulgaria through Greece, the observation boast that Khrushchev would have laid down an artillery barrage on any enemy troops coming up the valley. Now, uh, those revetments are gone because the man who bought that area when communism fell, he wanted to extend his tobacco field. So he got an earth mover in and extended the field by 10 meters. And those old cuttings, which were there when we arrived 12 years ago, are now gone. And he stores his horse-drawn plow in the old observation post how things change. Right. So where were you, where did you leave, where were you living in the UK? We were living in an old isolated, uh, fairly isolated, um, Master Weaver's house on the top of the Pennines between the towns of Huddersfield and Oldham. Uh, we had wonderful views from there, but we also had horizontal rain and damp conditions are not good for the health and also not very good for books. So moving to a warmer, drier, climate which we have here in this part of Bulgaria which is a transitional Mediterranean climate we have um, most of the year incredibly warm and dry conditions which are perfect perfect for health perfect for books so where do you where do you store your books on your property 
We don't store them on the property at the moment, although we have got um, a secondary building which is partially completed that we could move things into. But about two years after we arrived, uh, initially we'd had um, our books in storage and we closed things down for about a year whilst we settled into our new environment, built a house, got um, ourselves sorted out. And just after, as that um, process was coming to an end, the small village school here, which at that time I think had about 10 or 12 pupils, um, it closed and one classroom which hadn't been used for a very long time and the other classroom which had been used up to that point, uh, we managed to rent and we had um, a 10 year rental period which will come to the end I think yes it's next year that 10 year rental will come to an end it was fixed fixed rental for 10 years including electricity and we've got somewhere in the region of 150 square meters of storage uh, and I think currently if I wanted what I pay for what I we've got here at the moment I could probably get two square meters in the UK and here I get 150 it's 25 euros 25 euros a month for 150 square meters of storage right so you're in Bulgaria and you're selling English language books so who and or rather perhaps where are your customers the entire world uh, I would say probably uh, slightly over 50% probably go back to the United Kingdom, but um, the rest, America, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, most of the European Union, um, the uh, probably the, one of the more distant places we've sent a book was Mauritius. Um, current This year is obviously a major problem because of the pandemic pandemic and restrictions in postage but so currently I have customers waiting books in Australia New Zealand uh, Zimbabwe and Singapore that I cannot ship for a long period of time I couldn't ship things to North America that fortunately is now okay um, a book to the Philippines went out last week when uh, the restriction on the Philippines lifted so my marketplace is the world and that's a pretty big marketplace. What have you learned about the, the book culture in Bulgaria during these all these years? We see it from a very narrow perspective um, because we primarily see it from our immediate surroundings. Here in this little tiny village, maybe because it was cut off for so long, um, it still has very, very old traditions. Um, there is a wise woman who lives here in the in the village um, she's the equivalent of a, a white witch um, people come from as far away as Macedonia and parts of Greece to come and consult with her and she casts spells um, most of the vi village houses here in this tiny village and other tiny villages in the immediate vicinity you go in and there's hardly a book you won't see many. Whereas if you go into a house in Gotsadelcha for the bigger town, which wasn't cut off, and you go into a house of someone who is more um, relatively well educated, they will have some books. But again, it's it's limited, and it's a lot of it is limited to 
what would have been available under communism. Um, so Western authors, that is now changing. But if it's an old household, they will still have primarily Bulgarian literature uh, from the classic Bulgarian authors. Um, but if you go to the city, if you go to Sofia, if you go to a bookshop there, you will see all the Bulgarian language uh, versions of the Terry Pratchett Discworld books. You will find all the um, J.K. Rowling Harry Potters. You will find the principal thriller writers, James Bond. You'll find those all in Bulgarian translation. But also you'll probably find some of those more popular books also in new printings in the English language because uh, Sofia is much more cosmopolitan. I'm, I'm wondering, is Bulgaria pulled towards Central Europe? Is it pulled towards Western Europe or, or is it still heavily influenced by Russia? Or, I mean, it sounds like you're so close to Greece as well. It, I, it's yeah. a fascinating area to be. Oh, it's, it's a weird place um, where we are um, because a century ago it was all in turmoil after the um, the Balkan Wars, uh, which became in this part of the eventually became the First World War here, but they were fighting in 1912 between Turkey, um, Serbia, Bulgaria, and Greece. And then after the First World War ended, uh, there was a big sort of um, resettlement of people moving around so a lot of the people that lived in this village who were ethnic Turkish they moved back to Turkey and sold some of their properties to Orthodox Christians and some to Bulgarian ethnic Muslims and uh, then I think it must have been somewhere in the 1970s and I've never been able to quite figure this out most of the Orthodox Christians that lived in this village moved away. Now, whether that was because they had um, more chances to move to the bigger cities or whether it was just that the Bulgarian Muslims community was more tied to the land and didn't want to move, I'm not entirely sure. But um, a lot of um, villages at that point if there were Christian villages, they almost came, became completely depopulated. Um, so it's a weird set of circumstances. And as I said, going back that 100 years when people were moving around, there is one village which is now completely abandoned and has been abandoned for 100 years, which is again is about maybe 25 kilometers from where I'm now sitting. And that was a Greek ethnic Muslim community. And because they were Muslims, the Greeks didn't want to take them. Because they were Greek, the Bulgarians didn't want them still to be in Bulgaria. And I think they eventually ended up in Turkey. So yes, it was just a weird set of circumstances. After Greece and ancient Egypt, Bulgaria is probably number three on the list of the richness of the finds that archaeologists have found anywhere in the world, but virtually nobody outside of academic circles is aware of it. Um, the things which are in the National Museum in, in Sofia of 
ancient Thracian gold treasures are absolutely staggeringly beautiful. The oldest gold artifacts found anywhere in the world come from Bulgaria. The oldest city human habitation found anywhere in Europe is in Bulgaria, but virtually nobody knows. It sounds like you've grown to love Bulgaria. Yes, very much so. It is, it is my home. Uh, the last time I was in the UK was in 2008. And Bulgaria is, is wonderful. Uh, there is uh, an ancient, an old Bulgarian saying that when God was handing out parts of the earth to all the peoples of the earth, everyone came and they took their pieces of land. And this says something about the Bulgarian psyche. The Bulgarians had been partying the night before because they knew this was going to happen. So they turned up late. And God said, oh, I'm terribly sorry. I've given it all away. But the Bulgarian said, but we are Bulgarian and now we are here and we want our we want our land. And God said, oh, well, there's nothing else I can do. I'll have to give you part of heaven. And Bulgaria is stunningly beautiful, but it does sort of say something about the Bulgarian psyche that you can be as irresponsible as you like, but you'll end up with the best. Still land on your feet. Yes, very much so. And that was so one of the, another reason for coming here because we, we didn't foresee a global pandemic. We didn't foresee Brexit but we did foresee the economic crash of 2008. And we thought if there's anywhere in the world that will survive an economic recession, it will be Bulgaria because they won't notice any difference. They've been there because for so they've, they've already yeah. gone through communism and the uh, breakup of yeah, communism. And, and they're one of the poorest countries in the entire European Union. And they still mend things. If you have something which breaks, you go into the town of Gotsidelchev and somewhere in a cellar under a huge great old communist apartment block or in the cellar of a house or in an old garage, there will be somebody who fixes televisions, who fixes radios, who fixes old drills. Uh, which the Bulgarian name for a drill is a boring machiner, which is great, it's easy. Um, so yeah, they n still know how to repair things. They, anything which is in any way, st stuff that in most of Europe would be scrap and thrown away, here they don't even recycle it, they repair it and reuse it. Have you noticed uh, in Bulgaria any interest or or do you see rare or historic books, maybe in churches or institutions or museums? There are some very old um, manuscripts uh, in some of the old monasteries. And again, as you say, in the museums. Um, I, but most of it as, uh, is Bulgarian origin. Uh, you don't see very much which is coming from elsewhere. Other than, other than, um, vintage cars. Occasionally you'll see um, an old 1920s Bugatti 
will be on sale in the, the Bulgarian equivalent of eBay, which somebody has found in an outhouse of an old house or uh, in some circumstances some buried under hay in a barn. And you'll get these almost pristine motor cars from the 1920s and 1930s, which are like virtually untouched. So yeah, quite, quite again, moving away from books, but uh, interesting things. Yeah, indeed. What a what a story, and it's it's such a well. I'm an expat too. I'm sitting here in Canada. Yep. I used to be in Staffordshire many years ago, and talking to someone from the Pennines who's in Bulgaria. So we're a right pair, the pair of us. Well, from Somerset originally, but went to uh, studied in Manchester, and then then never went back to the flat lands below sea level. So from being born virtually at sea level and some of the places close to where I was born being below sea level. I'm now 1,000 metres up in the Rodopi Mountains of southwest Bulgaria. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here on the edge of the Pacific Ocean. The next, uh, next landmass after, after this island, I'm on Vancouver Island, is Hawaii. So um, quite different from back home. <laughs> Very much so. All right then, Ian, uh, one final question, which is one we ask all our guests, and that is what book or books are you currently reading? I'm currently reading The Snow Queen by Joan D. Vinge, or Vinges, that's right. Um, I tend to run, read quite a lot of science fiction and fantasy as relaxation, if not that, occasional thrillers or murder mysteries. So we've been enjoying... Um, recently because it's something that we can listen to whilst working. Um, the Gavin Armstrong uh, audio books of the um, Maigret uh, detective stories by Georges Simeon and we've enjoyed those immensely but yeah mostly science fiction and fantasy is what I tend to, to read. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right, then, Ian, thank you so much for joining us. Um, for it's been wonderful me. hearing. Yeah, no, it's love. What great storytelling. I love to hear about your adventures. Um, well, one day, maybe we'll write a book of our own. Maybe it'll be a good one. Uh, all right. So that's all we have time for this week. Uh, my name is Richard Davis, uh, and I've been speaking to Ian Dodds, a bookseller who's located in Bulgaria. And that's all we have time for. And we'll see you again soon.